everybody. Welcome to the show. It is the Carlton Show, episode uh, round number 10. Uh, lovely to be here again after another defeat. This one a little mer- meritorious than the one we um, didn't enjoy the previous week. Andy Ma here alongside Stephen Pertile again. Geckman, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. Good to be here. We are joined by not Paul Barbaza today. He's uh, busy on work duties. When you lose somebody like Baz, you need to replace him with a suitable heavyweight. And we have done that. Uh, well-known Carlton supporter. He's got a couple of other reasonable reasonable portfolios alongside his name, Martin Pakula. Welcome to the Carlton Show, Marty. Thanks, Andy. It's, um, it's good to have you here, the State Attorney General and the State Minister for Racing. But we're parking all of that to one side tonight. All, all very secondary. Do, do we have to refer to you as the Honourable? No, absolutely not. No. I, if you would have seen me Saturday night, you wouldn't have said the Honourable. <laughs> I was getting pretty where, frustrated. Where were you? I was at Cadenia Park. In the, in the pocket with all the other Carlton supporters? Or? Uh, no, I was actually sitting with... More uh, salubrious around. Yeah, a little bit more salubrious. But um, uh, So right on centre wing, had a good view of the game. And I actually got more... I got more upset about that game than the Melbourne game because the ones where you the ones where you're out of it early, I tend to sort of shrug my shoulders and you know treat it a bit phlegmatically. But when you when you're in with a chance, and I really thought we could have won that game, so I walked out of that game pretty angry. Well, they invite you in, don't they? Performances yeah. like that invite you in, and they invite you to believe. They give you hope. They do, and they, they you know like and we'll talk about this on the way through. But it was a game that. Only the true believer will suggest we could have won. Most other people on the outside looking in will be thinking, oh, they're lucky enough to get that close. And they'll look at the eventual margin, which was distorted a bit by a couple of late ones by Geelong. But had Paddy Cripps kicked that goal when he on the burst, uh, like maybe seven or eight into the last quarter, I haven't gone back and done the exact timelines, but he kicks that goal to kick in it. And the skids are well and truly under them. This was a very winnable game for us on I, Saturday I night. I totally agree. We kicked the goal right on the three-quarter time, last minute of the, of the quarter, basically. Mm-hmm. And that that gave us a massive bit of momentum right on the bell. Um, oh, we were pumped. We thought, this, we can do this, mm. really. But from the 20-minute... When was it? The 10 minutes before the first quarter... And the first 15 to 20 minutes of the second quarter, which we just totally dominated. Smashed them. Smashed and them. could not score for the life of us. <laughs> and it just it's just deja vu to a, to a degree. It just drives you mad watching it. But So before we pull apart the bits and pieces, um, you're new to the show and it's great to have you here. Thanks for doing it on short notice. Give me your, kind of your snapshot, as broad um, or as brief as you like, on how you've seen us through the first 10 weeks of the season. Oh, look, I think like everyone, I wouldn't have expected this to be one and nine after 10 rounds. But there are there are factors that we couldn't have contemplated. I mean, we knew we were going to be without Doherty. We didn't know we'd lose Pickett. We didn't know we'd lose Williamson. We didn't know we'd lose Murphy for as long as we have. Marchbank, Kennedy. I mean, we've had a shocking run with injuries. Um, I am a little bit worried about a few blokes that I think have not improved. So I think we've got to look at that. Um, I said to you the other day, I'm a bit worried about the medical rooms. You know, we've got at least five blokes now who've got recurrences of injuries within a week or two of coming back. (laughs) Same injury again. But I think, you know, the plus side is the club does seem to be maturing, which I reckon is a really important thing. I mean, the board's united. I think today we passed record membership despite being on the bottom of the ladder. That's, you know, that's really something I wouldn't have expected. Um, the sponsorship, you know, we've got new sponsors who've signed on for long term. So I think the sort of, you know, the the revolving door every time we don't 
produce what supporters expect. We end up, you know, overturning the coach, overturning mm-hmm. the board. Hopefully those days are behind us. Um, and I think we've seen some, you know, exciting stuff from Dow, from... I mean, Cripps is now probably one of the top five players in the competition. Close to it. Um, O'Brien, I didn't think we'd see that much senior footy from him this year. It's great to see Mackay playing senior footy. Um, I think uh, Fisher has been a revelation. Uh, And now if we just... I mean, if Plowman plays like that again Hmm. um, and and Weeders can get back to form and Marchie can get back to fitness... What I would hope is if that effort that we saw against Geelong is replicated for the rest of the year, we'll win four or five. Mm. And that should be, you know, finishing the season much better than we started. That should be the objective now. And let's be honest, the Melbourne form, while we're not going to excuse the, the, the margin or the second half effort, and I was really, I was pleased to hear Daisy come out and say, um, I don't know what show he said it on, but came out and said, no, the effort wasn't good after halftime. The effort was poor. So I was happy that he owned that on behalf of the playing group because we sat here last week and thought that first 15 minutes of the third quarter was abysmal and that when it was a lack of effort. But you see what they then come out and do to Adelaide, who are... That's exactly what I was mild. talking about last week. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I reckon you can start <clears throat> quantifying things with any reality about the current football we see these days is the less able-bodied, healthy, strong, mature people that you have on the ground out of your list, the worse you're going to go. And if that is out of proportion to the opposition, you're gone. Mm. You've got no chance. Melbourne have demolished Adelaide in pretty much the same fashion they demolished us. Now, what are they talking about this week? How bad Adelaide were? Mm. Like, they got stuck into us. No, it's how good Melbourne are. Suddenly they're a contender. Well, who would have guessed? And it was the same with North Melbourne. I mean, when, when, I mean, you know, we were all shocked the way North Melbourne beat us, but they've done it to everyone mm. since. Um, you know, I couldn't believe Jake Melksham kicked five on us, but I turn around today and see he's the number one contested, oh, yeah. you know, no. one-on-one player in Ford 50 in the AFL. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe yeah. some of these teams that are, you know, making us look silly are actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Now you look at the top, you look at the, the, the top-rating teams on the ladder in the top six positions, and at least four of those six have uh, an injury list nearly nil. Oh, that, that's 100% right. And that's, yeah. as, as I said again, it, it's how you quantify mm. how well you're going to go. Pretty much, that's, that's the, the only way. Because of the density of players around the ball and the way they're playing with so much, I don't know, they're putting pressure on at every level mm, on, mm. Uh, of the ground now. It's the only way you can maintain that style of football. Mm. Um, if you're propping up blokes and if they're coming back from injury unfit and they need that two or three weeks to get up and running again, you're, you're playing three or four players uh, less than the opposition. So, it, you know, the North Melbournes, the Richmonds, the Melbournes, they, they're all in the same category. West Coast. West Coast. Yeah. Yep. They're, all, they're all healthy. So... The big ticket item today, and it was about, I, I know you had some um, mail about this a few days ago, Marty, but um, the, the footy club through its CEO, Kane Little, has come out this afternoon, we're recording this at just after 8 o'clock on Monday night, has come out and said, um, no, we won't be seeking uh, a priority pick. It's not something that, it's not something the club wants to pursue. Um, 
I've got really strong views on this. I'd rather hear from you two to begin with. What do you make of the fact that the clubs put a line through this despite the fact that, you know, really good thinkers, good footy thinkers like Jake Nile have proposed that the footy club should actually be in the running for one. The CEO's come out and rebuffed it straight away. What do you think? Look, I think... um I think the club could certainly make the case for a priority pick. I saw some commentary today which said, oh, well, you know, it's their own fault. They are where they are. I'd suggest every club that's poor enough for long enough to warrant a priority pick is a club that's made lots of mistakes. So I don't really think that argument holds much water. Um, But I I absolutely applaud the club um, for taking the position they've taken. I think it's... You know, as a as a demonstration of the spectator, to the to the fans, to the members, to the people that come and watch Carlton, that we have confidence in the path we're on, mm. uh, in the rebuild, in the last three drafts, uh, and in the plans for the next draft. I think you couldn't get a more you couldn't get a, a stronger, um, louder. Uh, way of demonstrating uh, that we are not going to be a client of anyone mm. and we are going to be, mm. we are going to climb the ladder under our own steam. Mm. And I, I reckon it's a really strong message from Kane. We'll get our own way out of the hole. That, that's it. You know, like, we, we understand why we're here, but we don't need a hand up anymore. We'll get ourselves out of this. I, I just think it's a really symbol, strong, symbolic statement that the days of asking for help and being on the receiving end of it are over. And we don't want to be... We don't want to have that finger thrust in our chest anymore. Ah, you've had them in the past and you've stuffed them up. You've picked poorly. You haven't developed. You know, all that, you know, the architects of your own demise sort of stuff. I reckon it's a really strong, uh, as Marty said, Gagman, a really strong, confident in the pathway that we're on statement that I think will resonate beyond... Uh, the disappointment that some people have expressed, you know, on Twitter today to me that, um, you know, we should be making a really strong case for one of these things because God knows we could probably do with it. It's it's not up to a club to bleat and be proactive about those types of things. It's a bad look. Mm. It's a It's a... You know, from the outside, it looks like, oh, we're helpless. Throw us a lifeline. I, that Throw that straight out the window. I'm not interested in that. But as an independent body who's overseeing the competition, the AFL should be able to make those decisions without any influence, you know, and, and make a reasonable call mm. based on history, based on precedence. Performance, or, yeah. So, you know, if, if, if good minds get their heads together and say, look, I think it's a reasonable thing to, to say Carlton maybe do deserve one, um, and it's an independent decision, I'm not going to throw that away. I'd, I'd, I'd accept that from that point of view. Um, but I, I'm, I'm certainly not asking for one from mm. the club stance. But I don't know. It, it's one of those where-do-you-sit type things. But We spend a lot of time um, on this show, Martin, analysing the list, and we sort of variously and spasmodically go into kind of list management mode, whether we mean to or not. Um, it's dawned on me more in the last kind of week or two that I think we're now in a position where we have to, this, this list is, is, has got enough young talent to um, underpin the next, for, for the next generation of this footy club. But I feel like we're really at a point now where we need to be really wise and aggressive in the free agency market. And that doesn't necessarily mean go and get Tom Lynch and pay whatever it costs. That's not what I'm talking about. Are you of that view too? Do you guys, any of that sort of really kind of 
crystallised for me in the last couple of weeks that let's go and get two or three. Um, they don't have to be the front liners. If we get one of them, if we get an Andrew Gaff, great. But um, just be smart about this. That's that's what I think we need in the next no, wave of recruitment. No, no doubt they've got to aggressively go after, I think in particular, midfielders and sort of high half forwards in the 23, 24, 25 age bracket. That's why the second half of the season is so important, in mm. my view, because... You know, if we look like a team on the rise, our capacity to attract one of those players is going to be a lot better uh, than if they think you know there's another two or three years wallowing around the bottom of the, the bottom of the ladder. So, mm-hmm. you know, the second half of the season is important not just for you know the way supporters feel about the the club. It's important in our ability to attract um, whether it's a Gaff or a Dalhouse or you know a Dugowie. Um, You know, those players uh, are not going to be. You know, if you have a look at say. North Melbourne, who we're probably up against, or St Kilda. Well, you know, we've probably got the Saints covered from a list perspective, I reckon. But, you know, there's a fair bit of competition now with North. They've got deep pockets and a lot of salary cap room, and they look like they're either going to be in or on the verge of finals. So we've got to have an offering to those players that's going to be as attractive as that. And I reckon the way we play in the back half of the year is going to be really important to that. I agree with that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Anyone ask any questions about why the ground was so shithouse on Saturday night? Why was it so wet? It was dew, apparently. No, no, we understand dew's going to settle. But the ground was wet. It was like a, it, like it had been raining. I wasn't there, but I've spoken to people who... You walk across that ground 45 minutes before the first bounce. It had been a 20-degree day in Melbourne. Mm. It was beautiful with a northerly breeze, so it wasn't a southerly moist airflow that was mm. sweeping up. This was, a, this was a warm day. They reckon it was like... It had been raining for three hours in Geelong yeah. before that. Before it was raining. Got, no, that's, was what it like felt, it was. that's what it felt like. It the was drizzling was, when we got there. Was it? It was drizzling, okay, but I reckon it, it. But it was it was what you'd call spit. I mean, it wasn't. Oh, well, it was enough to gr- make the ground. It would have been enough slippery. to make it greasy. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, well, I heard Hawkins explain it. after the match. Actually, he, he he said he said the weather conditions are often a bit unusual when it is dewy and frosty like that. Mm. Um, but it's a combination of things, but he said it's not unusual. So we start the game on Saturday night in typical fashion, I reckon. Again, turning the footy over, some of the older boys, Kate Simpson. I don't know why he called for that footy early that led to um, that sort of hack ball to half forward and then O'Brien's handball to carriage that led to their first goal. I, I know what your feelings were, but I wrote down 10 minutes in, um, this has got a real smell about it. What happened, You and you identified already, Gecko, what happened from about the 15-minute mark of the first quarter through to about the 10 or 15-minute, for about the next half an hour, we, we we redressed the situation that we had created for ourselves. And I don't know about you two, but the way that we stopped the nonsense, we couldn't finish off our work, and that was a problem right throughout the night, and we could all sort of identify maybe 10 to 15 moments where we could have kicked goals and we didn't. But there's a fair bit to be taken, I reckon, from a young group at Geelong against a side that had the smell in its nostrils, I would have thought, pretty early in that game. says a fair bit about the character off the back of that Melbourne performance that you can actually halt the momentum that's running against you and turn it as emphatically as they did. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, after the fourth goal, I think like everyone, I was sitting there thinking, oh God, here we go again. Yeah. Um, now, I, I didn't know I was going to be doing this show, so I didn't have the, I wasn't taking notes as I went. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but, but, 
there was there was just you could tell from the halfway mark of the first quarter that they just put the brakes on them, and um, you know blokes like I mean some of the some of the defensive work um, was was just phenomenal. I mean early on Row Plowman, it's like where's that bloke been all year? Like where's that been all year? What I was saying, Um, and in and in the middle of the ground, like Ed Kerno and Cripps was. I mean we talk about Cripps, I'm sure, but you know they just as you say they they couldn't finish. Um, they lacked a bit of composure, and that was most obvious at the end of the game. Mm. You know, where they had the chance to win, it was just that poise and composure which will come. Um, but you couldn't fault. You probably couldn't even fault the effort at the start. They just did some silly things, some stupid things. They yep. just did some silly things early. Um, but and it would have been easy for them to turn their toes up early too. But they didn't. And um, like I think over the four quarters, we really were the better side. I actually think we were the better side on the night. Mm. I agree. How does Plowman turn it around like that? He's gone from being totally indecisive and second-guessing himself for the first nine weeks of the year to being... That, that's, that was as dominant and decisive a game as... And we raved about him last year. We, we, well, we were not raved. We, we rated his, the place that he'd established for himself in the side really highly last year, Gex. But there was an edge to his performance the other night that I don't think I'd seen before from Lockie Plowman. Well, this is where I, I want to be a fly on the wall because there's no other way you're going to find out this stuff. Mm. Where mm. where has he been? Why has there been no impact? Why has there been no physicality? Why hasn't there been any assertiveness and positivity in his kicking? Mm. All of that was on display. He was running up the ground, kicking diagonal passes, looking for this, that and the other, wanted to be involved at every... He was hiding in that some of these spot, games. He was trying spot. to not get involved yeah. in games. He was, you know, yeah. I, I just don't understand how these things switch on and off without a reason um, because there's always something that isn't working on any given week rather than everybody switched on and doing what you're expecting them to do. So, so Plowman was... Unbelievable turnaround. That was 180 degrees. It was. Set a new benchmark. Please don't go backwards. The other thing that we've been crying about for about (laughs) eight rounds, let's play contested body-to-body backline football. And it happened for the first time this season. The setup. How much better was the setup? Uh, Rowe, shoulder-to-shoulder. Jones, shoulder-to-shoulder. Plowman, shoulder-to-shoulder. And guess what? They halved the contest. Hawkins must have given away five free kicks in frustration compared to last year, dancing around with bloody sparkly dance coat on and racking up 26 disposals like a midfielder, you know. Uh, somebody woke up down there out of a cave and decided, let's, let's get fair income. We've been bitching and moaning all year about our inability to play a zone defence. I know, I listen to you every week. (laughs) And uh, finally, they shelved the stupid thing. Yeah, and you look, it was like Plowman in six days, the thing he looked like he found was belief, belief and confidence. He just played uninhibited football. Um, is you know, that like getting an injection before the game? I don't know what, game? I don't know what it is, but there. he was completely we just the other clubs too. It, it was he was just uninhibited. He mm. just he he just he went he went for the footy. He he played like a man that had been yeah you know, he freed the shackles. Mm. Um, the the only negative was there was what four or five occasions when they punched the ball when they were all on their own and mm. could have marked it. It, yeah. was like, it was like they just overcorrected on the punching, and it was like they assumed there was an opponent within you know yep. millimeters of them and they're just 
punching out a play balls that they could have easily marked. But yeah. with that one, that, so there was that one. When you're exception. coming off under a 10-point loss, you're probably a bit spooked. Yeah, you you're know, probably a bit probably spooked. A That's of, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was the, the only two exceptions were that, and then the last sort of ten minutes when when Hawkins took that mark in the forward pocket off that missed kick, oh. and they couldn't, so and they couldn't kill, kill the ball thing. over no, the line. No. Um, I think they were both rowy, two 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 errors by rowy, and they were, and it was a real shame because it was. It was a black mark against what had otherwise been a yeah. really good performance mm. by him. Mm. But how, like, how you don't kill that ball over the line, um, and, and that was the thing that snuffed us out. Mm. That snuffed us out. And Hawkins didn't deserve it, really. He'd, he'd been a whinge and sook all bloody well, night. He was driving me insane watching him. Him and Ablett and Selwood all whinging at the umpires Does like Geelong, they were owed something. Is there a rule that you're not allowed to compete against Geelong at Kidinia Park? Yes. There's a rule, right? It that seems we don't, to no be. No one in the competition knows about. They are, they are the king. They are the princes of whinging. Absolutely. There, there's an unlikability about this Geelong team for all of the greatness that they had through that 2007-2011 era, and they're a great team to watch, no question about it. But by the end of that, they thought, don't touch us. We're the best. And it's kind of lingered. Mm. And there's, there's no right for it to linger. They're just an average middle of the road. I know they've you know, they brought Dangerfield in and they got to the prelim last year. But they, they, They're they an were average the, team with three stars. That's it. They were the fourth team into the prelims last yeah. year. They were the fourth best side out of the last four. And they're just going this year. And they've got this, they have got this unbelievable propensity to... I mean, everybody wanted us who have a live microphone in um, in commercial media, everybody wanted us to lay the boots into Sam Menegola today because his what he did to Sam Rowe when he did the double sort of face drive into the ground and then left his foot kind of in the scrimmage to kind of mm. um, drift over uh, Rowe's face just as, as he walked you know, innocently out of the congestion. It was a cheap shot by a bloke who's got no right. How did that get through to the oh, keeper? I don't know. Bloke? I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't know how he got off. I don't know. Dunstall actually made a big song and dance about it. A respected commentator, I might add, I who saw everything happen and he said, hey, ho, ha, you know, made a big deal of it. Don't know. Apparently we're not significant enough to care about. Is that <laughs> the way it works or what? Well... That could be the case. Well, I reckon if Rowie had done it to Menegola, he would have got a week. Oh, no, Chris, can you imagine what the, what the feral standard Geelong <laughs> yeah. would have been saying? Oh. Because they, they would have played it on the screen six times. Yep. They would have whipped them into an absolute frenzy. And there would have been... What did we think of... There was a... You've talked a lot about... Um, We've we talked a lot about the kind of guys who set up defensively. There was something really nice and simple, not only um, about the setup, but the way they went about... There was nothing... They just played the percentages early in the game. There was, they, like, Plowman didn't have to... He wasn't being asked to do anything superhuman. Liam Jones, for all of the, the physical distortion that he's been... Um, Cirque du Soleil bullshit he's been going on with this year. He parked that and he just stood strong and beat his bloke. Even Weidering, who still didn't look the old Jacob Weidering to me from a confidence and owning his space perspective, at least he kept it simple. The ball didn't get past him. He, he, he didn't lose too many one-on-ones. He wasn't decisive like he can be, but... He was, I, he was better. He can build off that Oregon Weidering. I, yep. I think he can definitely build off that. They, they, they kept it pretty simple down there, and it just it just made you... Didn't it make you feel a bit more comfortable? Yeah. Look, and, and Weiders just needs confidence. I mean, I, I reckon there's a really interesting... I think there's a really interesting thing the club's going to have to sort of come to terms with. Weedering played his best footy before Jones went back. And 
And I know, like, when Jones went back, it was really important that he did that. But I reckon with Jones and Marchi and, to an extent, Rowie, like, Weed has almost got a bit lost. It wasn't clear what yeah. his role was going to be anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think there's a bit of that going yeah. on in other places. I reckon yeah. Cunningham gets that as well. Yeah. And we'll I, talk and about I, him before he, the show's know, done. W- when he started, even as an 18-year-old, he was almost like the, the number one defender. I mean, remember that game on, you know, some of those games he played early in his career, and all of a sudden he's been sort of shuffled back to second, third, tall, and I reckon he's just struggled with that a bit. Mm. That, that's sort of my sense watching him. Um, but but no, I mean, look, I th- as you say, I think that the way that they... The, the way that they set up was fantastic. And, you know, I mean, on to Cunningham. That's, he's one of the more interesting players on our list, Cunningham. <laughs> totally like agree. He, he, like, totally he agree. needs to get more of the footy, but he's he's one of those blokes that when he gets it, you just feel like something's going to happen. Exactly. We don't have many who you want the ball in their hands to actually, you know, send something down the other end to a target. He's one of them. Like, But, uh, look, I'm going to... I'm gonna. I agree with you about with the back line, um, with Weedering to a degree, and I think there is a slight dilemma with the size of our backmen and their their similarities and and how we get the right group yes, pl- playing yes, yes. A, a different role every week or whether they have set roles or whether they complement each other. This is part of one of the issues we have, and then back to Cunningham again. I know he had a poor game. I'm I'm going to give him an off this week because I I have a theory with second up from a spell. Um, he played the one game and the twos did very well, which you often do coming back from an injury. Often the next week you have a bit bit of a downer. I'm hoping. I know he has a history of having low possession games when he gets his chance, but I'm hoping uh, he will he will get a good run with his body. And we can just see some gradual improvement in him. He just needs a good run, and we need to really find out what this guy can do because, you know, we've seen the, what his qualities are in the twos and, and bits and pieces in, in, in games that he's played AFL, and he has qualities that no one else has. It's just a matter of him getting into that rhythm and, and getting some confidence. But similar to the back line, I think when he plays around Cripps and Ed Kerno. He loses that seniority he gets in the two. He doesn't want to impose himself. And then, yep. yeah, he doesn't know yep. when he should yep. be assertive yep. or whether he yep. should play a supporting yep. role, and that gets really difficult. So. Well, well, that's why they've got it. And here's what, do you, what have we got to lose by. If I was the Carlton, if I was a member of the Carlton Match Committee, say we were the Carlton Match Committee, we are the Carlton Match Committee for the sake of the next minute. Hey, boys, do we like Dave Cunningham? Do we like him? Gek, do you like him? Do you like Dave Cunningham? Marty, do you like Dave Cunningham? Yeah, I like him. Um, We're strapped strapped in the twos. Josh has got no one down there. We've only got about three or four who are pushing up. We're that hard hit with injury. Do we agree right now that we've got nothing to lose by playing Dave Cunningham for the next six weeks? Is there anything to lose by playing him for six weeks? I'll play him for the rest of the year. And, 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 and Just let him play. Oh, let him play. And and the other the question that bubbles up in my mind as I watch him is, could he possibly be that creative running backman that we need? Because I, I reckon if he if he can build his defensive side, 
he could be the bloke with that dash and creativity off halfback that we well, don't really have. Well, I think we've got two of them. But yeah, Williamson and Byrne. And Byrne. They're, yeah. they're the two that I have great faith in. My faith is being tested by Byrne's body yep. and his ability to play you know, routinely. Uh, we'll talk about Tommy in a moment. He got a knock on the weekend. I know they're saying it's concussion. You might... Um, beg to differ, but we'll have a chat about that. The one thing I will say about Williamson, he, if it is a back, if it is a recurrence, he was out the huddle. I went down to the game. He was at the huddle. He was standing up at the huddle at three-quarter. He, he wasn't playing, but he was had the tracksuit top on, walked out to the huddle at three-quarter time, was standing up, no ice, no assistance, no nothing. Now, if he had a bad back, I don't know whether he's standing. My gut feel is that he's not standing up at a three-quarter time huddle. He's probably in traction somewhere, getting sort of treatment for it or something. I could be completely wrong, um, but I think I think Cunningham is a line breaker. So I can understand why the um, temptation is to perhaps use him with the whole ground in front of him off half back. But I think he's a midfielder. I think mm. he's a goal kicking midfielder. We don't have any. We got no goal. I mean, Cripa is not a goal kicking midfielder. Ed is not a goal kicking midfielder. Zach Fisher is and will be more of that. Mm. I think. I think Paddy Dow will be. I think Lockie O'Brien has anyone started their AFL career in worse scoring form than <laughs> Zach um, than um, uh, O'Brien? Well, Lockie O'Brien. Well, he, he can't, can't. He can't even kick a point. He can't <laughs> score. The bloke gets out thirty-five out, and he cannot score. But he's a good kick. So, but once he kicks one, he'll be he'll, right. I think you're right. He'll be away. So I think Cunningham is one of those. I think Cunningham is a burst from congestion, get to forty-five, pin the ears back, and once he's kicked a couple, I think you'll keep kicking him. I think mm. he's going to be oh shit. Opposition players will be terrified mm. by what they've once they know who he is. Uh, at the moment, no one's got any idea. So I, I'm just. Play the play the kid. He's just played play him. fifteen games. Leave He's him played in the fifteen side. games. Just play him. We've got deficiencies. We've had a lot of deficiencies in nearly every facet of football from the back line. We've had deficiencies in system that we're hopefully seeing. I'm not going by any stretch of the imagine going to say we're over the hump on one game mm-hmm. because we were probably suited by the conditions to some degree last Saturday. But I'd like to think that we continue on with the contested stuff in the back line for the time being and work on that. Um, that's an area of weakness we had to rectify. Midfield, we've got weaknesses there again with system. Now, I'm, I, I don't think under any circumstances in the modern game you hack the ball forward. It is a pointless exercise. And unfortunately, Cripper and Cruz... Off, not all the time, but often just get into this mindset of push it forward, kick it forward, scrub it forward. And I will guarantee you eight out of ten times that just results in a turnover. Because the opposition sets up defensively mm-hmm. outside of a mid, midfield zone for that stuff. I see Cunningham's role, hopefully, as that link-up player where Cripps gets the ball out to somebody because he does have burst speed, mm. which we don't have a lot of speed in, in that division at the moment. I think that's where Cunningham's skill set will, will help the side if he can get up and running because I think he just needs a few gaps to run through rather than be right in the centre of it where Cripps is. So he just needs to get that uh, cohesion, as we're talking about, with the players around him. And they've just got to work more on system. Get that ball. You've got to get that first handball back or to the side, mm, not mm, forward. Mm. That forward stuff is rubbish. It will never work. <laughs> um, but that's where I see Cunningham's 
Uh, I agree. I agree. And until we get more stability, I think stability, we need more stability in the midfield. I don't think you can um, expect the midfield to hum the way we want it to at this level when you're relying as heavily as we do on one. Not hum. I just want to see them try to do the right thing. Even if it doesn't work, just... Just to be seen to be trying to do it the right way, at least. You know? oh, I like, wonder how much of that comes from just the despair of defeat upon defeat upon defeat. That if you somehow in the back of your mind, the ball is better off 40 metres further away from you toward your own goal. If you're going to make a turnover, make it there, mm-hmm. further away from the goal you're defending than at the point of contest. You have to realise, if you turn the ball over forward, if the opposition get it, they're chest on to goal. Yeah, no, I, so I, they yep. just see the play in front yep. of them. Yep. I mean, no, I, I the best you can do is your, your teammate picks the ball up, but his back's to the goal. He can't see a bloody thing. Unless yeah. he's got a player running past him, he's going to get caught and holding the ball anyway. So mm-hmm. it just repeats itself if you keep doing that stuff. What did you think? We, we get our first look at... Um, uh, Charlie Curnow, Paddy Kerr, and Harry Mackay in the team together. They played about three minutes of football combined at this level. Did we get a sense for what that might be and what they might look like? Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced you can play three talls in the forward line. Is Charlie a genuine tall? Well, well, no. Well, that's the thing with Charlie. He's he's versatile enough that if Kerr and Mackay are both gun key forwards. And, and, and prove to be, then the options that you've got with Charlie are immense. Mm. I mean, you can run him through the middle. You know, you can he can play that genuine sort of swingman role. Um, you know, so but I mean, it's just way too early to tell. I mean, Harry's played eight games and Paddy's played two. Um, but I think longer term, you're not going to play with three key forwards. I mean, that's the thing. And, and I think the fact that we've got three of them there is, you know, is because we lack that sort of... You know, that sort of medium goal kicker that's the, all the rage at the moment, the yeah. sort of Dagoe, Hayward, Tom Lynch, yeah. Adelaide Tom yeah, Lynch yeah, type. Yeah. We just yeah. don't have Jack one Gunston. of these. We yeah. just don't have a yeah. Luke Bruce. We don't yeah. have one. Yeah. Um, that was what... It's it's what Darcy Lang might become. It's what I think they hope Jack Silvani might yet become, but we'll, well have to his, wait to see. His, his world is changing before our very eyes, yeah. and I implore you to go and see a VFL game as soon as you possibly can. Was he playing mid? Or? Oh, I'll talk to... Oh, yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah. He he should he might play he, I saw I watched the game against Essendon on the weekend they got blown away late because they had about five injuries in the game they just had no manpower, he um, he, like Zach Fisher at senior level, has got this unbelievable propensity to be first hands on the ball, uh, which is part of the art of being a contested midfielder. Mm. Know where the ball's going to read it, know where it's going to go. That was a quality Essendon side that they played on the weekend. There were probably. Uh, without studying them too much. There were guys like Francis, Parrish, Lewenberger uh, around the ball. Francis playing off half-back flank. But they had some quality players in Mm. that side for VFL level. Silvani was the most dominant midfielder on the ground by a long way. Hands on the ball first, worked his way strongly through traffic and had, and VFL, it's going at 75% the pace at AFL level. But Polish and quite poised. It was a surprise. I hadn't seen him in. I know you saw him in the game against Frankston. Mm. Um, I hadn't. I missed that game on the tally, so I wanted to really go and see how he went. 
he was, you walk away from that going, going, well, yeah, this kid can definitely play midfield. So maybe the days of him being that third option forward, which is first in, first out type position, I reckon. Um, it's a hard position to make your own. Um, uh, he might be a chance, you know, he might be a chance as a midfield. And he spent time as the loose man in defence. He was Josh Hill who played his best game for the club at VFL level. Mm. He and Silvani were kind of rolling around the last line of defence to sort of sweep other libero type role. Um, he was really good, Jack. Really, really good. Well, well, two things that have always been, I think, always been right about Silvani is... He's, he's really hard, and he's very clever. Like, mm, he's a footballer mm, who thinks. Mm, yeah. So I think the only thing that might limit... I mean, if you've got Cripps, Kennedy, and Silvani all playing in the midfield, that's a bit... It's a bit one-paced. It gives that's, him a chance to get Cripper forward. Or, yeah. you know, get him up there. With, yeah. Providing he can work on his goal kicking. You yeah, know. that's the thing. He's got to be able to kick. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, look, I mean, all, all power to their arm. If they're going to create that sort of versatility in Silvani, it gives him a chance to be more than just one thing. It's imperative these guys are flexible, though. We don't want one-dimensional footballs aren't going to cut it these days. So, look, the the fact that he can add mid to his um, arsonry, that's fantastic if he can. And, you know, if he can play periods of the game in there when Cripper's having a rest or up forward, that's definitely an asset um, that we can use. Uh, But, again, it's, it's one thing getting your hands on the ball it's turning that into something yeah, that we yep. just can't see enough of in our side at the moment. Fish had a very fumbly night the other night. Um, tried his guts out, and he was all around the ball, but he just fumbled to buggery on Saturday. Um, he, again, Cheesy got his hands on the footy first. Oh, a absolutely, lot. Like a lot. I give him a lot of props for that. Like, He's a magnet. Yeah, he's an. He knows exactly how to be around the ball. Yeah, um, very, very good at that. But just had one of those nights where it wouldn't stick to his hands, and. Um, uh, yeah, look, finding that right group of midfielders and, and complementing each other in a way that they can access the ball and then spit it out and use it. I know they're kids and that's the issue to the to the, the, the main degree is their size and their inability to hold their, their feet in those contests and the hustle and bustle, but, you know, it's also stopping us from being a more attacking team at the moment. But we're not getting impatient, though, are we? Like uh, the, the, no. a, the three words that I wrote down, it's the three E's. Effort, exposure, and experience continue to be yep. the keys. Give me effort. We will give you exposure to the footy at this level. And the more exposure we give you, the more experience you get. That, that That's a pretty straightforward bargain, I reckon. You give us effort. And we'll give you the rest. And there's a, there's a lot of people saying... I started hearing some people after the weekend saying, um, oh, you don't get an encouragement award. I think we're part of a you know a bit of a group, Marty, where there's occasionally some impatience expressed uh, Every by, now by members. Every now and now and then. We, we ju- so I say to those people, and I think most people listening to this show seem to be sing, singing from the same hymn book. I think we're all... We all like to think that um, we're on the right track, but um, exposure and experience are critical. Like you can't, you look at where Melbourne was when Paul Roos took over. Paul Roos took over off a was it a two? Was it did they win two in his first year? I should have looked that up before I came. Their the first year under their first three years under Roos were were not good. 
Like they weren't they weren't great in terms of win loss, but he did the big clean out, rebuilt, re, retooled the list, rebuilt the list, and they got to a point where they are now. Now that's five years later. That's three years of ruse and two years of Simon Goodwin and five years of retraining, retooling, rebuilding um, the list. That's five years. What are we into the Bolton Silvani? That's the third year. Two and a half in. Two and a half, Two and in. half in. So oh, I think, you know, while the there are people out there who don't really care, they don't really care about Carlton uh, in terms of where they're at, the reasoning, um, the theory, all of that sort of stuff, uh, and they say it's not working. I think those three things, if the, providing the players keep giving effort, then the exposure and their experience will come. And this group, I think, with the acquisition of two or three of the right types of players. And when I say right types, I'll go back to what I said before at the start of the show. While we'd all like to get Ollie Wines into the club and have him wearing a Carlton jumper, it can be Kane Lambert. It, it, it could, have been, could have been. <laughs> yeah, it should have been. It, it should have been. But it, but it can be that type of player. It can be a bloke. Listen, we get a bloke who's playing in our VFL side at the moment, who's 22 years of age, played three games for Port Adelaide three years ago as a 19-year-old, and something's happened. I don't know what's happened to this kid, Jesse Palmer, but it just got too much of And I could see signs on the weekend when he's playing on Aaron Francis. Francis was their best. Palmer's kicked five, so go figure. But there were times on the weekend when Francis beat him in a one-on-one. He won plenty of his own. Don't worry about that. But... He got shitty and he dropped his bundle and he did a bit of this. Runner, straight out, straight out. And the message would have been, keep going. You know, you can imagine what the message was. So the kid kept going. And he's 22. Um, he's an AFL player. You know, but, he's, but I don't reckon he's got an AFL mindset, attitude. You know, he's not, he's not, he hasn't been there. Sorry, he was an AFL player three years ago at Port Adelaide. Something happened. He's drifted. Now he's coming. It could be Jesse Palmer. Mm. There's another kid down there called Mason Blakey. I, I swear to God, go and have a look at him. Number seven. He's John Blakey's nephew, cousin of the kid that's going to go father son to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, kid can play. Like beat Josh Green for Josh Green AFL play kick 200 goals at AFL level. Uh, probably, you know, doesn't want to be playing VFL footy. But three or four times, Blakey just did in cold. Absolutely beat him one-on-one. Pure one-on-one. Ball coming in. Green's got his man. Blakey holds. Kid can play. Now, I don't know where he's been. I don't know what his story is. He can play at VFL level. Why can't he be... You know, I'm, I'm just saying there are these players out there... Definitely. ...who are just screaming out for an opportunity. Um, and for one reason or another, they've been overlooked. We might have two on our list now. I don't know. But they don't have to be, you know, the big... $900 no, million dollar players that everybody else there. is focusing on. Kelly for Geelong, he, he was a tried and used trade-up. and So the more you add those guys to the the next 10 games that we pump into all the blokes we know, all these you know, the 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds in the side right now, the thing can turn, it can turn pretty quickly, I reckon. Oh, and, and I think, I mean, I was looking at some... You know, some of these kids, you know, Dow's played 10 games. I mean, that that smother and rundown that created that Cunningham goal. Best goal of the year. Yeah, yeah. and, and his best effort of the year. Oh, watch O'Brien's two-way running. I mean, mm. just up and back all night. Needs to get some confidence shooting for goal, but he's going to be a player, no question. 
Um, watching even De Conning in the VFL. Should have seen him on the weekend. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw the oh. clips. Um, yeah, he's got we might special. We might have the next, you know, Cruiser's replacement might be there yep. on our list right yep. now. Yeah. Um, you know, there's you know, I, I, from what I've seen, I think Schumacher can play. Hmm. You know, so there's there's heaps of growth, and we've got you know next year basically Kennedy, Marchbank, Doherty, Williamson, Byrne will almost all be like new recruits because hmm. hmm. we're not going to see much of any of them this yeah. year. Hmm. Pickett, Pickett. What do you think? You're new. What do you, you to this show? What do you think happens to the skipper? We'll talk about him later, not tonight, um, but later in the year. What do you give us a projection? I, I, um, I would not be at all surprised if he went. Um, I hope he doesn't. Um, not, not so much because I, you know, want to see Mark Murphy be a one club player, but um, you know, we, we're already pretty thin on the ground for mature bodies and leadership and it's not like the Gibbs situation. We're not going to get we're not going to get much of anything for him if he goes, mm. other than salary cap space. And I think we've got plenty of that. I think we've got plenty of that. So I hope they can come to terms with him. I think he knows he's not going to be uh, the captain again in twenty nineteen, or at least I don't think he is. Uh, I think I've said to you before, I think you know, there's a case to be made for making Cripper captain now. I think to all intents and purposes he is. I mean, you watch the way he leads that team on the ground. Um, even when Murphy's there, Cripps feels like the captain, mm. plays like mm. the captain. Mm. Um, so I hope I hope Murphy stays. And hopefully, if you know, given that he's going to miss a fair bit of the year, it looks like he's out for another month, um, he might feel like he's got something to prove to, you know, to his teammates next year and, you know, you know, he's only 30. He could have three or four or five more years in him if he can get his body right. Lots of players... Do we need to reimagine him as a player? Like, do we I, I think to... so. Yeah, I think he's I think he's probably going to, you know, for the rest of his career, he's going to play outside and forward. I don't, I don't think he's going to be in the middle of the hustle-bustle hmm. anymore. He shouldn't be. We're talking, you know, just on leadership. And while we're all watching Cripps at the moment and he's making a fairly emphatic case for himself, I will... And I'm on the Crips bandwagon. I've said that on this show. Um, sorry, not on the bandwagon because I'm on the other bloke's bandwagon I'm about to mention as well. But if it had to be a vote now, he'd get mine. But in the huddle, and again, I'm referring back to the VFL a bit because I went down to Pretty Park to watch again. Guess who was in the huddle at quarter time and three quarter time? And God knows what he was doing in the rooms pre game, half time, and. Doc. Yep. Yeah. Working. Working the groups, just walking around, talking to players, uh, in an ear of a bloke, he felt he had something. He could, not, not, not over the top. Not, not. Look at me, look at me. Far, so far from that. It's not funny, but just walking up behind a bloke, if if he felt he had something to say, he'd say it to a player. Just lend a bit of support if there was some support, some support required. He, Sam Doherty was in the middle of that, of all of that at VFL level. Now, there were. 200 people at Princess Park, so he's not doing it to be seen. Uh, he's doing it because he cares, I would imagine. Well, in fact, I know he does. And um, he's invested. And if he doesn't get it, I think you'll understand completely why. Um, and if the other bloke does get it, I think he's got a fantastic right-hand man. If it's not going to be Murphy, he's got a fantastic right-hand man in his corner, uh, in Sam Doherty, who... I think he's adding a couple of layers to his football portfolio in 2018 by not playing mm. that are going to carry him 
with such great stead through the rest of his AFL career. You can't speak highly enough of that bloke and what he's done this year. You'd never get... I mean, I've never been a fan of co-captaincy, but you never started get, mentioning it a bit this week. You'd never get a better case for it. No, you know, I agree Cri- with that. Crips for the on-field and Doc for the that almost like the intellectual leadership. He's mm, um, mm. you know, which which he's clearly got in spades. Was Paddy Kerr kicking his goal as yes. good a moment as other than the goal that Paddy Dow set up through the middle? Was Paddy Kerr kicking that goal the way he kicked it and at the time that we he kicked it? Was that as good a moment as we had on that, Saturday night? That was night? as pure a kick, a, a perfect drop punt. Perfect. Off, off side of the pocket drop yep. punt, pure. Yep. And he bent it a little bit left to right and it was just, um, it was, a, it was like hitting a one wood, uh, your driver, dead flush in the middle and just seeing that slow high climb into the distance. I've never done that. You do it once in your life. But oh, and the way the players got to yeah, him, it was great. It was, prob- it was a beautiful moment and he will never forget that as long as he lives. He, look, he seems like a classic old-fashioned key forward. Yes, he does. And, and, and that's probably the only query is can a classic old-fashioned key forward without other strings, how, how, how does he go? I, I think he's got his marking and kicking is clearly excellent, and you know now he's got to build the character, other pa- and character. Tick. He's yep. got to build those other parts of his game, the defensive his, stuff. His movement as a forward, his craft as far as knowing where to position himself is is more superior than Mackay. Oh, I by reckon. a long way. No, he's by a long way. So from that perspective, if he can build his tank. Um, he he can complement Harry in in a big way if these two guys can play enough footy together. Mm, mm. Um, let's I I really hope he can. I, I've got a feeling he's going to make it. This kid because he's he's got enough he's got enough ticks in his boxes. He's just got to you know complement what he doesn't have at this stage. And I reckon he might make it. You know what I haven't seen. You know it's, <laughs> it's a stupid thing to say, but you know. You can see fear on blokes' faces sometimes. You can see the the apprehension, anxiety, nervousness, fear of I'm on the big stage and I'm not ready for this and I'm not capable. And you you know they're going to... It's like you know a bloke's going to miss a six-foot putt mm. or a bloke's going to miss a set-shot goal. Or the, so far on Paddy Kerr's face, he's looked nothing but composed. He... he he exhibits and displays the body language of a footballer who knows that he's capable of belonging on this at this level. I know that's a stupid thing to say because we're 150 metres. I don't know him. Uh, I like what I think I know of him. Um, I like what I've seen him produce You know, at under-18 level and I only ever saw him play at Vic Metro. I never saw him play club footy. But I like, and I've liked what I've seen of him with the Northern Blues. But in the two games he's played, his first half against Melbourne was really when we were sort of hanging on to the contest. He was actually it was really encouraging the start of the game. For, he was against, hitting up, hitting absolutely up, hitting up. was. Yeah, so much so that he he blew himself up by the end of the game. But he wasn't. He didn't retire from the contest. He wasn't shy on Saturday night. Like he kept coming, um, and. I mean, I've got him. I've given him a vote, not just out of encouragement, but I thought he was a. Yeah, I, did and I know Baz has given him a vote. I know you're not doing your votes, but I suspect you would have thought about him if you were given. <laughs> if you were given, yeah, no, uh, handed out no, the votes thought, tonight. He, look, he was good, and I, and I do think, you know, 
as Gex says, he needs to build a tank, and I think Harry just needs to put on 10 kegs. Mm, he does. I mean, yeah. he needs to be able to hold his ground in mm. the contest. Mm. But those two things will both happen. And when they do both happen, as I said, like the the options that creates with Charlie... I mean, he could he could play anywhere. Yeah, well, and that's when you said before three key forwards. Charlie is I don't know what he's going to be. I still don't know what he's not. Cuda, he's not Aaron Hamill. He's not. I don't know in terms of the Carlton context. He's a bit like Richo when he started playing on the wing. I reckon. So. Is that what he becomes? Is that what Charlie Curnow morphs into? I reckon is... that's. I, I reckon that's the sort of person. The the sort of um, <clears throat> what what he's going to represent the club as well. Like as Richo was like a huge figure for that team. Mm. The way he played that role, I think Charlie will sort of work into that sort of position of importance. As far as you know, when he's out there, everyone's going to lift a a rung when he's playing that role in full flight. But um, he will be more versatile in that, obviously. He can, he, he'd probably be able to pinch hit midfield and do all sorts of things with his a ability. Bit, a bit to, like Bond and Pelly. A bit like yeah, the Bond. He can possibly. sort of go into the middle and go forward and kick Bond goals. Bond wishes he could take a mark like yeah, Charlie could. Part, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And Charlie probably wishes he could extract like Bond and Pelly, you know. Mm. But I don't know. What, I, st- I look at him now, and I don't know. I, I really don't know what sort of player he's going to become. Like I just, I can't quite work it out. Bloody good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be massive. Um, and we'll make it a whole lot easier for him when we stop kicking it to out numbers all the time. Like you know, once we mm. can stop, once we can isolate, and we stop kicking it to out numbers all night long, like we did on Saturday night, like we have done in the past. I understand he draws the footy. You know, he's a pretty. Um, He's well, a on that subject, character. You've, you've got Charlie, Mackay and Kerr, right? Now, it's one thing in general play when the ball's moving quickly and you can't all be in the right position when the ball gets down there. But when the, gu- when the ball is going down there slowly and where that kick, kick and a half outside of 50, and Charlie's positioned himself top of the square with his two or three opponents on him, why do Kerr and Mackay just stand flat-footed next to him? I don't know. And this happens with whatever forward combination we end up with every week. I don't know. It makes no sense. No. And they keep doing it repeatedly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Spread know. out, yep. draw players, and maybe make a lead. Make some motion. I mean, but they never do. I don't know. I don't know. It it's, no it's, it's learning how to play the position, I think. Um Anything else before we... So, VFL-wise, um, Silvani mentioned him. Jesse Palmer, get along and watch him play if you can. Have you guys been down and watch him play yet? I haven't seen enough of him. Okay. Is he one way or does he... Uh, does he's not he... He's got a massive defensive uh. side of his game yet, but he works... But I will say this. He works hard when in transition when we've got the footy. He's not a sit prop kick it to me mm. he can work his he's smart when the ball's he coming gets, down he yeah. gets out the back uh, uh, uh. he knows how to he's got great feel for space he's a natural forward he's a natural forward and uh, while I don't know whether he's prepared to work that hard I haven't seen enough of him in the flesh yet but um, he's definitely got he's definitely got some characteristics that if you are a countless management person we have no we have no call on any of the blues, do we? They they just no. go they just no. Mm. So keep an eye on him, DeConning and Blakey. They're, they're DeConning's 
he, he uh, his first quarter was big. He copped a big hit late in the first quarter, knocked the wind out of his sails a bit, but he didn't go off. He stayed, he's, For a kid who looks like he shouldn't be tough and hard, I reckon he's got a pretty competitive. Mm. Um, he's got a pretty pretty competitive spirit, and unfortunately, with our injuries for much of the game, we had Loby, Phillips, and and DeConning on the ground. So we're yeah. carrying three ruckmen again on the ground for much of the game. McCready's done a hamstring, the other hamstring. Graham did a hamstring. He's done his calf, I think. Oh, calf. Um, now, what's Williamson? What's what's what? I've they're, they're listing it as concussion. Have you got anything you can don't don't share with it if we shouldn't be sharing it? Oh uh, well, a little birdie. I, I reckon he might have hurt his back again. All right, that's, that's what everybody was saying on the yeah. Twitter feed and on the the forums. So they they did have ice on his back at one stage, but they've listed it as mm. concussion. And if it is his back, is it is it uh, a recurrence of the old injury or is it a new injury? That's the question. Well, it was stre- it was stress fractures. So stress related right? yeah, yeah, yeah. means it. It's unlikely that it just flared well, up again, or was it a collision I think, thing? I, well, or? I think there'll be some scans, so oh, okay. we'll probably know in a day or two. Yeah, yeah. If it is the hot spot again, that's season over. Well, put over. him out. Put him season out. Season over for him. Put him out. Let him grow. Let him go. Off you go. We'll see you in two thousand. We'll see you, see you in January. Mm. So the only other comments I'd make about the game, I thought he wasn't huge, but it was better from Samo. I oh, thought Samo no was doubt. much better. No doubt. Um, the two shots he, misses, he missed. Yeah, but he, he deserved was, to get he did. His he some reward. He was getting his hand no, on the footy no, and he was, best he was game much better. Best game for um, I got, think he's working up to something. Yes, yeah, They've got a huge decision to make at the end of the year on both. Assuming Simo and Thomas both want to go on, like why wouldn't they? Because Simo is still in our you know, best half dozen, um, and and Daisy's playing pretty well. After I thought he was a bit wobbly. Daisy had a poor night. game. Yeah, I thought yeah. I didn't think it was one no, of his, he had some really yeah, poor I moments. It was in pretty the game. sloppy on yeah. um, first time for the year. Yeah, almost. I agree. He's and, been and, good. And yeah. the other and the other thing I'd say is after what two weeks ago, um, really annoying Brendan Goddard. I think Lambie's gone a bit missing again. Okay, mm. so can I, nothing. Okay, so at half time, mm. why the didn't they put him on Tom Stewart? Yeah. Wasn't Ang- Tom Stewart screaming at Tom Stewart? Tom Stewart was rattled. He'd given away two stupid free kicks. Yep. He was their most dominant defender, picking off everything. Yeah, but, good call. Why the hell didn't Jed Lamb go good to Tom call. Stewart? Mm. I wrote it down. I said, effort outstanding. Defensive set up much better. Charlie needs helps one out. Need, needs help one out. Get Lamb onto Stewart. They were the four things I wrote down at half time. Yeah. And I could not believe what I saw when we came out. Yeah. Because Lamb had done nothing. Mm. Stewart was picking everything off. And it, he, was he was peeling off. Of course he, he was. The play. So make him, a, make, make him, at least when he flies, he flies with someone. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It was dumb. And we sat here, Marty, we sat here uh, after the effort on Goddard. That's the template for Jed Lamb. You can't play him if you're just going to let him be a Give freewheeling him, yeah. small forward. Jared Garlett was much better, by the way, in the VFL. Jared Garlett's a better option. If you're just going to let a bloke freewheel and you don't care if he gets five touches, let it be Jared Garlett, not Jed Lamb. Jed Lamb's in the side. He's got to have a job. Jed Lamb, you on the weekend, you go to Dane Rampey. Mm. You are, you're playing on Dane Rampey on Friday night and you are going to give him the shits all night long. You're in his face and you're going to try and rattle him. Yep. 
That's that's what he's got to do. I don't know why you're picking him for any other reason these days. Yeah. It seems pretty straightforward. Uh, keep going. Sorry. I'm no, no. I think that was about it. I, that, that was just the. They were the observations. I was just, you know, I, I was just. Um, at half time, I actually turned to someone and said, "He's lamb out there." I didn't no, even know. He, I, I think you sent a, you yeah, sent a message. I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was there. And um, and and apart from that, I'll, 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 I won't. I'll, I'll try not to be negative. So I'll, I'll, so I'll um, <laughs> don't be affected by that other bloke. No, no, no. I'm not being affected by that other bloke. Look, I think again, you know, he 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 really um, he tries his guts out. But Sam Kerridge, when it's really hot and you need composure. You're not going to get it. Like I, you know, I just that was the. There were four or five occasions I thought on Saturday night, um, and, and this is the thing. You know, you say he's got give him a job to do. The, the, the in modern footy, almost every disposal is under pressure. Mm. Almost every disposal is under pressure, and um, yeah, I didn't think it was one of his better games. I was injured at half, before half time. Yeah. Anything after half time, I would just say, well done, Sam, for pushing on and. Contributing to the team, uh, I didn't really look at him too hard beyond that because I knew he was playing under a, a bit yeah, of sufferance. He was under duress. Uh, I thought he was poor in the second half last week for the first time since he'd been back in the team. So I've I've rated his performance pretty highly for the five or six games he has been into the team. Yeah, thought, he, I thought from there. Yeah, the, the last two half, weeks, I reckon yeah. he's, he's he's really strong. So I'm willing to give him a bit of a, a, a sort of go at this stage, but he does have his detractors. Anything left in your um, um, magnus opus over there before we get to the votes? You do you do write an awful lot of very neat notes. I've got to give you credit for that. When I get Marty, the, have a look at his book over there. The I'm, looking, I'm, looking. I'm, I'm going to start doing that when it's I go thing to the footy. It really is I, a thing you, of beauty. You need a lot of time to analyse football. It's hard to get that time. And when you do get the time, I like to analyse. No, so. that's why they have 15 coaches who spend four days a week coding video and going yeah, over yeah. and over and over it again. I get people laughing at me just because I score in the footy record. <laughs> Let alone that. <laughs> yeah, look, um, I, we sort of touched on it earlier in the... Show, but it was just disappointing that for all of the good work the defenders did with their correction of what they hadn't been doing in previous games, Rowe and Jones just got caught ball watching and allowed their opponents separation at crucial stages. Mm. Oh, it was just, I just felt sorry and bad for them because they kind of were doing everything right except for one or two little things and they were punished for those one or two little things. Um, I just hope they understand what worked and what didn't work, mm. and just they just got to you know take that stuff out of their game, you know, put a line through the opposition, and and make sure you keep your eye on them, you know, like don't let them get away from you, whether it's forward or behind, because you're stargazing, you know, like who gets Franklin if one if someone's got to play Franklin shoulder to shoulder, who gets him on Friday night? Well, ASOS isn't candidate. I'd give it to Wiedering. Would you? I'd give it to Wiedering. Yep. What yeah. better What better way of learning? Give him Give him something. Give him Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Let him just run with Buddy all night. Why not? Well, what, what have we got to lose? No, no, why not? Well, somebody can start on him, definitely. And, yeah. you know, if it keeps going well, then maintain it. But you've got to compliment the one. You can't just let one guy handle the load. And it depends how Buddy wants to play the game. Is he going to push up? Is he going to stay in the 50? Uh, 
Who knows? Well, I mean, I mean, Jonesy took him in the last game last year, and that yeah, didn't turn out that so didn't well. Turn out, no, no, didn't so not. it's Rowie, it's Rowie or Wheaters, I would have thought. But this is the thing: Jones didn't hasn't corrected that ability to play shoulder to shoulder until the first evidence that I have seen that he can, which was last Saturday. Yeah. He has never really attempted to do it in in his entire time. He he's always backed his ability to be athletic and give maybe a slight head start to his opponent, but knowing he can catch him and beat him in the air mm. at the last moment. You, you can't play every opponent the same way, and you have to give respect more respect to some people than you do others. So, you know, it, it's like every power forward we come up against, they burn us every single time, and we have to make sure that we don't get burnt by mm. them. Mm. So do what you have to do. Um, we have two tables we have two ta- two Carlton Show yeah, tables. I heard. I heard. We're, we're, the North, we're, we're jumping on. We're starting at the... We're coming up through the grades. We're going to the Northern Blues auction night, Marty, on right. the 4th of August. There are two tables that are Carlton Show tables, and there are already four... So there's 20 seats, already four gone. Four gone before I'd even checked with Andy Gommens at the footy club. Four gone. That's how keen they are. So if you want to come along... There's actually seven gone because you and me and Baz are going. So seven gone now out of the 20. If you want to go uh, to the Northern Blues auction night on August the 4th, just ring the club and say, give me a seat on the Carlton show table. All you've got to do, I haven't got the numbers here. We'll do that uh, in the next couple of weeks. But ring them up, come along. It's 170, all-inclusive, uh, making a contribution to a terrific club who are doing it all the right way, really like what they're doing down there. Um, get on board, and uh, we'll see you there. Uh, votes, Bagsy sent them through. Now, Bagsy's not here because he had to work uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. We couldn't wait until Thursday to do it. So uh, here's three votes. Uh, three to – no, fours. Three to Simo, Ed Kerno, Plowman. Two to Cripper, Fisher, uh, Dow, SPS and Jones. One vote to Kerr, Cruiser, Rowe, Wiedering, Thomas and O'Shea. Uh, they're Baz's votes. What about you, Gekman? Very similar, actually. I went three votes with Cripp, Ed and Plowman as well. And um, two votes each to Simo, Fisher, Dow, SBS, Jones, Rowe and Charlie. And one vote each to Cruiser, Wright and Kerr. Okay. Uh, three votes. Yeah, we're all around the mark. Three votes from me for you, Lukey. Uh, Ryan, do you follow Luke Ryan, the Carlton Show BNF on? Thank you. Uh, three votes. You are a tragic. Oh, well, Haven't you got it. enough on your plate to not be worrying about this sort of stuff? You know, you've got to do something when you get home. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> three votes. To, you don't do it when you get home, by the way. Three, you don't wait that long. Three votes to Cripps, Simo, Plowman and Jones. Two to Cruiser, Ed Kerno, Dow, Samo. That was what we want from you, young man, and Zach Fisher. And one vote to Thomas, just because he kept coming uh, right Roe, Kerr, and Charlie Kerno. Um, that is it. We've had 200... I checked the other day. We had we've had 257 uh, reviews on iTunes, which is... From this what year? I can, no, no, all since the show started. Oh, since it started, Which, yeah. from what I can tell, is extraordinary. And there was one... I tried to find it the other day, and I couldn't find it in the middle. It was from a third-generation family member, and she said, it's become a highlight of our week... Three generations of our family within a 24-hour window all listen to the show. There's about 12 of us. 
Um, even my gra- even my nuna, who's 92, listens to the show. We've told her how to listen to it. She doesn't necessarily like the swearing, <laughs> but she understands the passion uh, and frustration. So I wish I could remember the name of the That's person awesome. who sent that through. Uh, if you do like the show, subscribe, and if you can be bothered, send a um, review through uh, the better the star rating, the easier it becomes for people to find the show, I'm told. I don't understand the algorithm, but that's what that's what happens apparently. So, and Just before we go, I just wanted crystal ball the Sydney game for one minute. I just want to say this. I want to compare the systems of the midfield. All right, Let's see the way Carlton... I know we're very limited in what we can and can't do here, but just for something to aspire to, watch how Sydney extricate and use the ball in their midfield stoppages. I I wanted you to watch how they go back and across Mm. to free up space and then use the ball. And that is what we need to aspire to. When they're on, Sydney do it better than any other team. So just compare and watch. And my last thought, um, props to Lauren Arnell, who I think has been traded to Brisbane and magnificent re-signing Bree Davey and Darcy Vessio. That was a magnificent uh, coup for the club. I'm glad you mentioned that. We talked about those two last week, but but, but Lauren Arnell, who is a high-character individual, um, devastated about what happened to her last year. Uh, To Daniel Harford's credit, Half went straight up to Loz, and they cross paths a lot in the media centre. She's doing a lot of work for the ABC. He does a lot of work for AW. Um, that's not that's not where he did it, but he went straight up to Lauren and said, listen, I'm not going to be able to guarantee your game next year. So if you want to go and play your footy, if you still think, and she does think she's got more to offer at AFLW level, he was really upfront with her on that regard. So props to the coach for doing that. No point, um, you know, beating around the bush and creating more disharmony, which we had enough of last year at the footy club, from what I can gather. I think Haas been fan- he's just been fantastic. I agree. I, yeah. I think he's been terrific So in a short period of time. so And I tell you, if you get the chance to go and watch the... They're, they're getting beaten at the moment. Darcy was good on the way. Sophie Lee's a player. She's going to be a jet. Mm. Um, they've got two or three that can play that are... They're not playing their full quartet and um, their full... Not quartets. They're not their full... Compliment. Compliment to what I was looking for at VFLW level, but they're playing a few of them. Um do a lot worse things on early on a Saturday morning or early in the afternoon and go down and have a look at the girls play their footy. Um, it's good stuff. And the footy at VFLW level is a whole lot more attractive than it is at AFLW level, to be honest with you, because the coaches don't bugger the game up. Mm. They let them play, and it's actually a very, very good standard of footy. Mm. Um, Marty, you have to front the estimates committee in about 11 hours' time. So, really? Uh, well... 12 hours' time. You've Good done, thing I'm prepared. Yeah, exactly. Thanks <laughs> for coming on and being part of this. It means a lot to us Thanks that people like me. you yeah, not only listen to it, but are prepared to come along and be part of it. It's, um, I'm sure everybody listening would be delighted to hear your voice. Very exciting time for our footy club. Good on Onwards you. and upwards. That's the way. Uh, Baz, I think he'll be back next week. I'll see you then. I won't. Uh, yes, I will. Oh, you oh, will? Mate. No, oh, I'm no, not. Geez, the I'll Trump. be in Indonesia. Where were you? What are you doing? I'm on holidays from next oh. Sunday for a couple of weeks. Perfect. Mm. You might be required again next week. Oh, we'll see. We'll see where we go. <laughs> Parliament's sitting next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're done and dusted. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next week. They will know that they've been playing against the famous old dark moon.